Welcome to Horse Happenings with myself, Lindsay Partridge. In this episode, we're going to talk about negative reinforcement in a positive way. And this is largely brought on because there's a lot of really concerning things happening in our horse industry right now and if we're not careful and we don't raise our ethical standards and become more aware of overpressuring horses and doing abuse to horses whether it's intentional or unintentional we need to start to become really aware of this and also really aware of the videos that are being so um circulated on social media on TikTok on Facebook I was just scrolling the other day and I saw a horse that was clearly frozen in a stuck mindset and the person was repeatedly kicking the horse until it blew up and went full panic mode bucking this person off which could have completely been avoided so we need to raise awareness about what thresholds are How do we use negative reinforcement in a positive way? Because the concerning thing is that people like or people organizations like PETA are using these videos that horse people are freely posting and being like, ha ha, look at my horse bucking me off. And they're using these videos and then they're sharing them saying things like, this is why we need to remove horses from the Olympics so that there are only willing participants in the Olympics and things like that. And we could very well see our um, horse disciplines be shut down. And some people say like, oh, you're being too much of a hippie and, you know, just really dismissive about that. But you got to take a look at the Greyhound racing industry. That was completely shut down. Uh, All of the tracks have shut down except for, I think, two, which will be shutting down soon because of the abuse in how those dogs were treated. Not everybody was. But because there were enough bad people doing bad things to these dogs and the dogs were getting hurt, that has all been shut down. So we need to wake up as a horse industry and realize that this could happen to our horse racing, to our Olympics, to other spaces where horses are um, celebrated. It could go it could go away. That's the sad reality of it. So we need to be really aware about how can we use negative reinforcement in a positive way. And all of these people in our industry that are sharing these videos, trying to be funny and get likes and shares, I would love your support in helping to reach out to them, educate them, share with them why this is a bad idea, because these videos are literally then being used against us. This is what I want to promote here is that we become really aware of how to use negative reinforcement in a positive way, and can we be more careful about how we're training horses and be more careful about what we're sharing, what we're liking, what we're commenting on. So that way these types of videos aren't on the internet and um, just get more on top of the ethics in our sport and holding everyone accountable because we have lots of amazing horse trainers. Um, Lots of people love their horses, care for their horses, give their horses, you know, everything that they need and treat them really, really, really well. And so we don't want the bad apples ruining it for everybody. So what is negative reinforcement and how can we do it in a positive way? Because most horses, I would say, are trained by negative reinforcement in most training programs. And negative reinforcement, just because it has the word negative, doesn't have to be some bad, dirty word. Negative simply means taking something away in terms of 
when we're talking about reinforcement. Reinforcement means wanting your horse to repeat a behavior. So reinforcement means I want you to do that again. Punishment means I don't want you to do that again. Negative means I'm going to take something away to help encourage that. And positive means I'm going to add something. So positive reinforcement would be, oh, you cantered. I'm going to offer you a cookie at the end of your canter. Negative reinforcement would be, I'm going to squeeze you uh, to ask you to go. And then when you're going, I'm going to stop squeezing you. And negative reinforcement is a very easy way to work with horses, pressure and release. As long as you're using your body language effectively, it's, a, it's an easy tool to use, but you do have to be careful with it. So there's lots of examples of negative reinforcement. You uh, pull back on your reins, you want your horse to stop. When your horse stops, you stop pulling on your reins. You want your horse to lead forward with the halter. So you pull on the halter and the rope, your horse starts following you, you stop pulling. These are all very common practices of pressure and release. And pressure and release training or negative reinforcement has been studied in research and when used appropriately, uh, does not cause an emotional response. It can be very effective at training. And we've uh, actually shown that for horses that are scared, um, pressure and release can sometimes be more effective than positive reinforcement. And for horses that are lazy and lack motivation, positive reinforcement can work better for them. I personally use a combination of both positive and negative reinforcement. I think it's important that my horses know how to give to pressure. For example, if they accidentally step on their lead rope, I want them to understand how to lower their head to that pressure. So that's some pressure and release. As well as I want them to understand um, some normal cues. Like if you do squeeze with your legs, I want them to understand how to go forward. Or if I want to you know, use my right leg, put some pressure on so my horse goes left or something like that. Those are kind of normal horse buttons and things that I want my horses to understand how to do and I usually pair them with positive reinforcement so they do the action and then I offer them a yes and either a scratch or a cookie or something afterwards to help make it a little bit more enticing and keep that motivation high and I do find with the horses that tend to be more prone to freezing or locking up or getting inside their head a little bit a little bit more introverted I find that offering a cookie is really helpful because it gets them licking and chewing and causes them to become a little bit more present so I find that to be really really helpful now how do we use negative reinforcement in a positive way a lot of this comes down to thresholds so I just saw this video on TikTok of this girl where her horse was clearly frozen, at least it was very clear to me that the horse was frozen, standing still, in panic mode. And this is something that horses will do sometimes before they start going off on a bucking spree, which is exactly what happened with this horse. It was standing still, frozen, and she was kicking it. And she was continually kicking it, asking it to go. And she didn't let up at all. She didn't ease up on her pressure. She was just kicking, 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 kicking. And so, of course, the horse exploded, bucked her off, and it you know, ended badly. It didn't need to. So this would be an example of negative reinforcement gone wrong because what we want to do in our training is keep the horse in a thinking frame of mind because if we can keep our horse in a thinking frame of mind, they'll be able to respond to our cues and they'll be a lot safer to train. When horses 
have so much pressure put on them that they start to go into an emotional response, a panic response. Then they stop thinking so clearly. They're more at risk for hurting themselves or hurting us. And they might panic so hard that they actually do go off bucking or rearing or something like that and actually try to get the person off their back. A lot of the times when a horse isn't responding, it's because they're either in pain or they don't understand what they're being asked to do. The person's not asking clearly. So if your horse isn't responding, like in the example of this TikTok video where the girl was just kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking, not only was she kicking, she must have been trying to turn the horse left because she had the horse's head bent left, but the horse's head was bent so far left that the horse was essentially in kind of a one rein stop almost. It would have been very hard for that horse to turn left. And probably what would have been more effective to get this horse to walk forward would be to loosen up on that left rein, maybe take it more into an open rein, soften up the pressure, get a lot quieter and a lot more gentle and think about using a bit more rhythm in her cue to kind of nudge the horse or even use some rhythm in the rein. So if you're trying to turn your horse left and they're not going, you can kind of pull and release and pull and release with your rein a little bit as they soften. So you're kind of like wiggling them back and forth a little bit. can be a way to unstick them. But when you just add pressure, thinking that you add more pressure until you get what you want, sometimes you just add more pressure until you get an explosion. So you have to be really careful. When the horse is approaching those Um, signs of being really confused or really scared more pressure does not get what you want because think of it this way let's say let's say you are learning to read you've got this word in front of you you see letters in front of you and you're doing your best to sound the letter out sound the letters out and put it all together and make a word if somebody starts screaming at you and going all right read the word read the word read the word you're already trying getting yelled at is just going to increase your anxiety. It's going to make you more scared and probably cause you to blurt out a word that maybe doesn't even make sense because you're just so pressured and you're not thinking clearly to actually properly sound out the letters. So that would be an example of when a horse is confused and they're trying, if you just start you know, kicking on them and really pulling on them, it's not going to make the situation better. You have to figure out how can you make it more clear? Do you have to separate the letters apart? What do you have to do to help that horse break it down and understand? So for example, in the, in the video that I saw just yesterday on TikTok with this girl kicking her horse and causing it to explode is if they had just slowed it down for the horse, softened up the pressure, focused on turning left with that rein, and then adding the leg or starting with the leg, getting the horse to go forward first and then turn. There were options there to break it down or they could have had somebody come in from the ground uh, to lead the horse through the corner or brought in another horse to pony that horse through the corner. There's lots of options that you have available to you. In Harmony Horsemanship, we don't like to say there are right or wrong. We like to say that you have options and some are better or worse or have pros and cons in terms of, you know, what is it you're trying to achieve, but there, there isn't really right or wrong. You just have options there. And the main thing is that we don't want to cause our horse to blow up. If your horse is taking off bucking and getting into that full panic zone, you are using 
negative reinforcement to the extreme. You're ignoring the thresholds and you're causing that horse to become fearful. And we don't need to do that. We don't want to cause that emotional response in our horse. And some horses are going to react worse to that than others. Some horses will kind of remember that stress and become more easily triggered. And those horses will become uh, what are called hot-headed, anxious, fidgety, can't stand still, um, uh, they can even become horses that tend to bolt because they just tend to react rather than think through problems. So that's not something that we want to get into. We want to try to keep that horse thinking, staying present in the moment. So really watching for those thresholds. So if the horse starts to get really frozen and stuck, if they start to get really antsy and not able to stand still, those are all signs that we got to slow things down. And even if you imagine, you know, you're, you're trying to learn to read, but you're scared, you're, you know, you're scared of maybe the room you're in, or you're scared of the teacher. If that teacher starts yelling at you, that doesn't make things better. That can make you more emotional, more scared, and can even make you like hate reading and want to even run away when you start to see that teacher. Might even cause you to start bailing out and flunking out of school if that's how you're treated and that happens with some horses and often a lot of the horses a lot of the reasons why people find harmony horsemanship is they've got a horse who has a troubled past Um, they had that you know one horse that maybe was abused or maybe was worked too hard or just didn't fit with some other negative reinforcement style training program and so then A lot of the time people find Harmony Horsemanship because their horse flunked out of a different style training program that used more negative reinforcement and used it to the extreme way. And then they find us because they're looking for something that's going to help rehabilitate them and try to calm down those emotional responses that were created unintentionally by following sayings like add more pressure until you get what you want or ask tell demand and these are very damaging ways of using negative reinforcement so in harmony horsemanship instead of saying ask tell demand we say ask tell and then wait clarify adjust or motivate depending on why the horse says no and that goes into a whole other podcast topic about what are the four reasons why a horse says no you know is your horse scared is your horse confused is your horse um, not able to do it what what is going on there that's causing your horse to say no we want to be able to do negative reinforcement in a positive way which means that when you ask your horse to do something and you add that little bit of pressure, like let's say we're riding our horse and we're asking them to stop, so we're pulling back on the reins. If the horse isn't stopping, we don't want to just think pull harder or put a stronger bit in their mouth. We want to think, okay, you know, what is going on here that my horse isn't stopping? Is it because something's going on physically? Do I need to address anything physically? Is the tack hurting? Is, um, are you hurting? Are your feet sore? Is anything like that? Then I need to think about, is my cue clear? Am I leaning back or just sitting down? Am I tipping my weight in a way that's actually throwing you off balance? Are you too far on your forehand that you're not able to stop? Are, um, could I use my reins in a different way? Like maybe I could use a suspension rein instead of just pulling back. What's, what's going on there? And am I giving the little releases when you do slow down? Are you getting that little release? And how could I teach that to my horse? 
The other thing that you could do is you can add positive reinforcement to your negative reinforcement. So your horse stops and does a good transition for you. You could also use positive reinforcement and say, hey, here's, here's a reward. So you can still use negative and positive reinforcement together. It's I pull back on the reins, you stop, you, you stopped, I'm happy with your transition, and then here's a little scratch or here's a cookie as an extra little motivator and reinforcer to help your horse understand what it is that you want them to do. With that negative reinforcement, pressure and release can be a great thing. We just have to be really careful that we're not saying just use more pressure until you get what you want because more pressure can blow your horse up, which can be very dangerous but also just doesn't encourage your horse to become a really good learner and a really good student. You learn best and you perform your best when you are not scared, but when you're in what we call a calm alert state. Calm enough that you can receive information and not be scared of it, and yet alert enough that you pick up on the cues and that you're not deadened to them. There's lots of different examples that I see on people posting on social media where they're laughing at their horses for being scared. And we really gotta be careful about those videos. Um, We we gotta be careful because organizations like PETA are using those things against us, but we have to stop thinking that that's a normal response and that that's happening in horse training. Horses don't need to be scared in training. and, And one thing to think about is kind of like there's a scale and think of the scale of one to ten and you want your horse to be operating somewhere around a five that's calm alert or somewhere between four and six that's calm alert your horse is calm enough to receive information but not um, too alert or they're alert enough that they're going to receive the information as well and not too asleep for it so they want to be in the middle whereas a one would be you're half asleep or nearly asleep and a ten would be full-blown panic mode you're like running around with um, with absolute no care in the world. You're just super scared, running around crazy. So we want to be in that four to six range. And there's that little scale of you can blow your horse up if you take them to that nine or 10. We don't want to be hitting those with our horses. It's good to push out of our comfort zones a little bit. And so if you push your horse to a seven or even an eight, that can be okay because that can build their confidence as long as you bring them back into calm alert but if you're just bringing your horse up to a nine and a ten especially if you do that regularly that can just scare the bejesus out of them and cause them to become a neurotic hot mess and so we got to be really really careful about doing that so I see videos on social media of horses people desensitizing their horses and they'll tie them to a tree or something like that and they'll flood them where they literally will just kind of like intentionally try to scare them and until they no longer give a reaction. And I'm not sure how long they tie them to the tree for, but I'm, I'm assuming it's a long time because the horse is quite reactive in some of the videos where they'll show the before footage. And this is unnecessary and can also really confuse the horse as to you know, am I supposed to listen to you? Because when people are doing these desensitizing tactics, they're looking at the horse. They're directing things at the horse. They are literally flapping the bag at the horse. And then later they're using some type of a flag to train the horse in the round pen or whatever it is that they're doing. 
and they're asking the horse to react to it. So it's very confusing. It's like, okay, so now you don't want me to react to it, but now you do want me to react to it. So if you are trying to do something like this, where you're trying to desensitize your horse and you're trying to use negative reinforcement in the sense of, I'm going to wave this plastic bag around you and then when you are no longer spooking, I'll take it away that's the negative reinforcement part being used here. You can still do that to some extent, but here's how you can do it in a more positive way. Uh, One is you can not look at your horse because if you're not looking at your horse, you're not sending your energy at the horse and you're not making the horse think that you're trying to actually ask them to do something. So instead, turn your belly button away from your horse. Don't look at your horse as you do it. So keep your belly button pointed away from your horse. Be careful that you're not looking at them as you are doing different types of desensitizing um, opportunities for them. The second thing you do to help make it more of a positive thing for your horse is to be aware of that energy scale and think about it as, okay, I want my horse to be in that four to six range, that calm alert. And so I'm going to push my horse a little bit to be a little bit, just a tiny little bit worried And then I'm going to show them that it's okay. And so instead of just like getting more aggressive with the object before your horse is ready for it and pushing them to a place of being actually panicked and scared, be a little bit more cognizant of your horse being upset and tone it down before it becomes a big issue for them. So you're gradually increasing and then backing off and rewarding that. A third thing you can do is you can add positive reinforcement to your negative reinforcement. So you're not looking at your horse, you're waving a flag around, you notice your horse starting to get worried, so you just kind of keep things consistent but don't make it more aggressive. And then you notice your horse is like standing still and is like, okay, I'm going to stand still for this. You could say, yep, all right, here's a little cookie uh, along with your release of pressure. And then that can help your horse go, oh, okay, so you mean when something like a flag waves around me, it can actually mean food. That can actually train your horse significantly faster and just make it more of an enjoyable process for both of you. And then you can increase the level of difficulty as your horse is realizing, oh, okay, sometimes my human just waves around some really scary stuff and it doesn't actually have to be scary. It can mean food. So those are three ways that you can help to take that particular scenario of negative reinforcement and make it more of a positive way for your horse. Just remember that whenever you're using negative reinforcement, which is the pressure and release mentality, that you want to keep that horse in that thinking frame of mind. Pushing horses to extremes where they become terrified, they start bolting, running away, all of those things. Sometimes it's going to happen by accident. You know, horses get scared of different things or they get excited. I understand that and they get running. But we don't want to glorify these behaviors. We don't want to normalize these behaviors and think that it's funny and that we want to post it on social media or that um, this is a normal part of training. Ideally, these moments with horses would be very minimal and they would try to be avoided and our training methods would be more gradual such that the horse doesn't ever feel like getting to that panic state although I understand you know it might happen every now and again by accident 
sometimes also things happen that are out of your control. I remember it's happened to me twice now where I've been on a trail ride and my horse has literally stepped on a hornet's nest and the horses were getting stung by hornets everywhere and they all like take off bucking and it's not fun. It's like a pretty not fun um, experience to be on. I remember I jumped off my horse and bailed and landed and then I got stung by a bunch of hornets as well. It was definitely probably one of the worst trail rides of my life and things are going to happen like that that are completely accidental out of your control and you just try to manage the situation the best you can but overall we want to be trying to build our horse's confidence up gradually increase pressure gradually for our horse and when we notice them starting to get tense that we soften we wait we clarify and give the horse more of an opportunity to get over that and not only is that going to be kinder to the horse is it going to be more um, more accepted and more ethical in terms of training but it's also just going to be faster and safer and make sense to to do things in that way because you're still going to accomplish these great results and have it be in a much more enjoyable safer faster way so so why not then if you're like oh you don't know what you're talking about I've trained at this point I'm not actually sure how many Mustangs and Thoroughbreds for makeover competitions and all of my makeover horses have made the finale in their in at least one discipline and they've made top 10 in their other disciplines and my Mustangs have also earned championships and reserve championships so I'm no stranger to retraining off the track Thoroughbreds, starting Mustangs from scratch among many other types of horses and I can tell you that taking it a little slower using positive reinforcement paired with negative reinforcement or just being more careful about how you apply pressure can have dramatic and amazing results and if you want to learn more about that just check out harmonyhorsemanship.com and we've got a bunch of different ways that we can get you started with that so i hope you guys enjoyed learning about negative reinforcement in a positive way and hopefully we can all band together to help raise our ethical standards in our horse industry so that way we can save our horse industry and hopefully not have it go the way of the greyhounds thanks for listening to horse happenings with myself lindsay partridge remember you can always check out more great free resources and other information at harmonyhorsemanship.com or check me out on my personal website lindsaypartridge.com that's lindsay with an e partridge.com or harmonyhorsemanship.com. Thanks so much for listening and bye for now.